In this very room, there's quite enough love for all the world. And in this very room, there's quite enough joy for all the world. And there's quite enough love and quite enough power to walk through our every fear. For spirit, one spirit is in this very room, in this very room, in this very room. And I invite you to just take a moment and close your eyes if they're not already closed and breathe deeply. And think of a situation in your life that is a challenge or an obstacle. But imagine a complete transformation of that situation. Just breathe that in. If it's a, if it's a physical challenge with your body, imagine going in, the doctor looking at your file and saying, this is an absolute miracle. There's no longer any of the symptoms. The diagnosis is gone. Imagine walking into your bank and going, oh my gosh, this is just wonderful. What are you going to invest all of this money into? Or going to a family gathering over the holiday seasons and being the presence of love. Whatever it may be, but the feeling tone. Capture the feeling tone in this moment. Even if it is beyond description and beyond belief for you, we won't tell anyone it's your secret in this moment. But capture that feeling tone of gratitude and appreciation. Gratitude is the doorway to the divine. And so in that capturing of that experience and giving direction through our mentality and our thinking to the experience that we know is already complete and we stand welcome and waiting in eager anticipation, I begin this prayer this day recognizing that there is one source of all life that supports all traditions, that has supported life from eternity to eternity, that that power and presence is readily available to each and every one of us in each moment. Allow this to be a special, beautiful, unique moment of putting down, fixing, and figuring out, and planning, or whatever you may be busy with in your mentality and just simply being. That that presence, that life, is your life, my life, all of our life. And the opportunity we have today is to stand either as passive observers or powerful creators. I'm so grateful in this moment that the ears to hear, the eyes to see, the wisdom that infuses this conversation today, the beautiful music that we share, the artistry and the celebration of life. And so the more that we duplicate the nature of the infinite, the more the infinite has an opportunity to show up. And so I know that this sanctuary, this tradition, this beautiful spiritual community is alive this day, grounded in the individual and collective experience of the one. And it doesn't require any effort just a being. And so I'm so grateful for this being. I'm so grateful to know this. I'm so grateful to speak these words with you, that your, your loving ears, your ears to hear can agree with me. And I thank you. I'm so grateful for that. So I release these words knowing everything is in divine right order, that this day is spectacular and miraculous, not just in this moment, but continues to unfold in ways we cannot even imagine. The wonders, the joy, and the celebration of life that has been waiting for us 
to move aside something that has restricted that has its opportunity to find us in this moment. This is a moment of grace. Not unique, but a threshold, a new way of being that continues to grow and amplify itself in and through and as each and every one of us. And all that it requires of me is mindfulness and awareness. For this I give thanks, release these words in joy and celebration, and invite you to say with me, and so it is. Wow, that was good, huh? Man, that was a humdinger. (laughs) I'm ready to go home now. Sweet! Well, I want to thank the people that were here at first service that, that loved us into that. You know, we're riding on the wave of their... You know, we're riding on the wave of, you know, as we did this Greg Braden stuff, I mean, we, we affect the, the particles. And, and we, we establish an energetic field by the orderliness or chaos of our thinking. And so this is not a standalone event. This is a legacy, 30 years of being here together. And well beyond that, well beyond that, back to eternity. So we were talking this month, we're using Greg Braden's book, The Divine Matrix, and you know, I just, I love it because it challenges me. It's like, oh, science, oh, I'm reading the science experiments. I'm going, oh my, I just don't like these science experiments. And then all of a sudden he gets to the really juicy stuff and I go, oh my gosh, this is so great. Because what he's doing is he's using what we know now, the contemporary ideas and, and uh, experiences to support what we all assume that we're all sort of drawn to. So The Divine Matrix, are you a passive observer or powerful creator? How many powerful creators are there here today? Yeah, that must be 25, 30 of you. That's awesome. There's three types of people. Some people people that make things happen. Any of you, somebody that makes things happen in your life? You're a causative. You go in, see a situation, and you make something different happen. Hands, anybody? All right, there's about 12. That's awesome. So, and then there's the people that watch things happen. Anybody in that group? Okay, a couple. Yeah, good. Because we all watch things happen. And then, of course, there's the third group that you may be a member of <laughs> that simply asks, what happened? What, 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 what was I thinking? How did this come into my experience? What happened? All right, so I want to talk a bit, a bit about some of the keys that Greg Braden discusses um, this week. He talks about the key number five. We'll do five through ten today. Key number five is the act of focusing our consciousness is an act of creation. What we focus on influences it. I mean, this is, this is measured scientifically. And even though it's minutely, we can't see it, it's happening. So where we give our energy, that which we dwell upon, we become. Isn't that interesting? And then why would we dwell on stuff that we don't want to become? But we do. We forget. We forget. We are tiny patches of the universe looking at itself and building itself. We are works in progress. I hope Martin sings the song, the second song he sang today. It was just beautiful. But he talks about the redemptive qualities of our past mistakes. But our past mistakes inform our current reality so that we can choose more wisely. It's the way life works. But many people, how many of us will continue to badger ourselves and beat ourselves up because of the past mistakes? I don't even want to think about those things. And in fact, we can look at that and, and take the vow with ourselves, say, this will never happen again. I remove my energy from this, whatever it may be. I mean, that's living consciously and aware. Key number six, we all have the power to create all the changes that we choose, each and every one of us. We're not stuck. 
Although we might be. Sometimes we land in victim land. Sometimes we just get both feet planted in victim land and then we decide that that's who we are. But it's just an experience. The first point, if we all have the power to create all the changes that we choose, is there can, there can be only one solution to any problem. A change in attitude and in consciousness. Einstein said it. He's right over there, Albert. We can't solve problems by using the same kind of thinking we used when we created them. Einstein knew it. And it's true. You know, if you don't, you're not a consciousness type person, well, what attitude can I, can, will, will, will move me through this effectively? The second point with we all have the power to create all the changes that we choose is the difference between working toward a result and thinking and feeling from it. Working toward something or thinking and feeling from it. Does life follow our predictions or meet our expectations? Does it follow our predictions or meet our expectations? And it all depends on the level we're thinking and feeling from it, embodying it. I mean, all the great teachers, all the great sages have said this. It is done unto you as you believe. The Buddha said we, we create the world through our thinking. They all knew this. But they were at the depths of being. So our spirituality, it's, it's just a, th- a theoretical thing until we drive it. And you don't have to, you know, we don't have to go and live in the caves and chant for 16 hours a day. I'm going to share a story with you in a bit about that. We are here reaping the benefits energetically of what's, what's, we're being supported. There are people on this planet that are in places that we don't even know of that are in prayer and chanting and embodying the, the, the oneness of life that supports us. That's my tribe. That's who I sign up with. There can only be one solution to any problem. It's a shift in consciousness. The difference between working toward a result and thinking and feeling from it. And does life follow our predictions or meet our expectations? Because if it depends on what your current expectations are. And if it does, that's either good news or it could be bad news. More of the same. So there's a couple of experiments I want to share with you today that um, Greg Braden sets up for us in this chapter. In 1927, there was a Copenhagen experiment. It was with uh, um, Niels Bohr and Werner Heisenberg. And that what they said was the very act of observation is what turns one of the quantum possibilities into reality. So this idea, once again, that when we observe the experiment, it affects the experiment. So it's measured differently. 1957, I don't have a slide for this, somewhere, it disappeared. I had it and it disappeared, so. But I will tell you about it. 57 was the many worlds interpretation of parallel universes. If you've ever seen Star Trek, parallel universes, right? They go through the, they go to whatever that thing is, warp nine. But there is an infinite number of possibilities and we only see the possibility we focus on. So both of these two were, were you know, innovative in looking at the, deepers, the deeper ways of thinking, but they didn't, they didn't deal with this idea of gravity. They were all theoretical, but they didn't include gravity. So a few years back, the Penrose experiment showed up, and he took into consideration gravity. And what he said is quantum possibilities of other realms are a form of matter. Quantum possibilities of other realms is a form of matter. And all matter creates gravity. So it has, it has a density. There's a pull on it. 
Each possibility has its own gravitational force or field. And it takes energy to sustain this. It is therefore impossible to sustain enough energy to keep all of them going forever. So eventually what happens by right of consciousness is they all collapse into one. And that becomes our reality. Pretty deep, huh? You know, I'm not, I don't, I'm not claim to be an expert on this, but I'm just reporting. Because the destination is quite beautiful. So in it, here's a, a, a slide of this idea of the particles. The particles that are being shot through um, an opening. And there they are. So on the top, it's, they're shooting through and it's particle detectors. And of course, we can't see any of this, but we can measure it. And then they put the two slits in. And what the particles turned into with the two opportunities, they, where they went from particles to waves which is quite interesting. And then on the next slide, it's a cartoon illustration of before observation and after observation. So particles, energy shifts and changes through observation at the minutest of, of, of possibilities and measurement. So the Penrose interpretation, quantum possibilities of other realms are a form of matter. All matter creates gravity. It takes energy to sustain and eventually they collapse into the most stable one, which we see as our reality. So when we choose, when we live our lives, this infinite divine energy responds accordingly. It always says yes to whatever we're dwelling upon. And so if our, our teachers are struggle and, and suffering, and many times life is. Many times we have heartbreak. Many times we have disappointment. The important thing is to understand that this infinite divine energy or intelligence responds to the, the, the nature that we are, to live from it. So key number eight is to simply say that we choose a new reality is not enough. It's not enough to simply say, I choose a new reality. It doesn't mean anything. It's just more head stuff. Just more head stuff. We'll do a little meditation today at the end that I want to guide you in that uh, helps ground you in some of this. So I want to share a story with you that Greg Braden... Uh, expressed in this, this beautiful chapter in the book. And here's a picture of a Buddhist monk, an elderly guy. It's not the Buddhist monk, but I'm a visual guy, so I thought I'd pull up a... Uh, it's from Google. It's not from his story. But anyway, in the spring of 1998, I had the opportunity to facilitate a combined research trip and pilgrimage to the highlands of central Tibet for 22 days. And during that time, the group and I found ourselves immersed in some of the most magnificent, rugged, pristine, and remote land remaining on the planet today. Along the way, we visited 12 monasteries, two nunneries, and some of the most beautiful humans that you could ever imagine, including monks, nuns, nomads, and pilgrims. It was during this time that I found myself face-to-face -face with the abbot of one of the monasteries and got the chance to ask the questions that we traveled so far and so long to ask. And so he said, on an icy evening, we found ourselves cramped into a tiny chapel surrounded by Buddhist altars and ancient thankas, the intricately brocaded tapestries that depict the great teachings of the past. I focused my attention directly on the eyes of the timeless-looking man seated lotus-style in front of me, and through our translator, I asked him the same question that I'd asked every monk and nun we'd met throughout our pilgrimage. When we see your prayers, I began, when we see your prayers... What are you doing when we watch you intone and chant for 14 and 16 hours a day? And when we see the bells, the bowls, the gongs, the chimes, the mudras, and the mantras on the outside, what is happening on the inside? A powerful sensation rippled through my body as the translator shared the abbot's answer. 
you never see our prayers. You never see our prayers, he said, because a prayer cannot be seen. Adjusting the heaven woolen robes beneath his feet, the abbot continued, what you seen is what we do create. We create the feeling in our bodies. Feeling is the prayer. Feeling is the prayer. But I would suggest to you that so many of us are, are not comfortable with our feelings. We don't want to collapse into our feelings. Feelings for us feel like despair. I mean, there's many, many feelings. And what I'm talking about is this grounded, balanced, healthy connection with spirit. One of the beautiful things about our tradition that I really adore is that our form of prayer is recognition of the one life and then the declaration of my union with it, our union with it. That life, that life and energetically, all of these scientific experiments speak to that. There's one life. That life is my life now. And so we are all individualized. We're waves of God in the ocean of God. But feeling is the prayer. So the quality of our feelings... Where are you putting your life energy into? Where am, I, where am I extending my energy? And it's a challenge for me. It'd be so much, I always say it'd be so much easier to do church if we didn't have congregants. I'd be such a better person if I didn't have to interact with all you guys all the time. <laughs> but that's part of the learning. That's part of the learning. I used to have my, I remember Reverend Catherine Yates used to say to us when we were, she was my teacher. And about our second, about our first year and a half into the ministerial training, she said, uh, I need you to all stop gossiping. All of you stop gossiping. Gossip, gossip, gossip. There's a wonderful musical, a music man. I don't know if you've ever seen it, but with, with uh, Robert Preston. First musical I ever saw. And there's a song in it called Pick a Little, Pick a Little. Have you ever seen that, Pick a Little? It's all about the town gossips. They pick a little, talk a little, pick a little, talk a little, cheap, 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 talk a lot, pick a lot, a little more. I'll show it next week. I'm gonna do a whole talk on gossip. <laughs> But what happens is we just love it. So if your spiritual practice is gossip, somebody told me last week there's a group that meets over at Second Cup and, and they went in last week and they heard all this, pick a little, pick a little, chip, talk, talk, cheap, 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 all about this stuff. And it's like, really? This group of people, they go over to the Second Cup and then they sit and gossip about the center? It's like, what? You gotta be, but that's, that's the world we live in. It's surprising. But that happens. It happens. I'm going to start buying them um, uh, cards. Then go over. I'll buy them have coffee. Get over there. And have their full extent. But we should have a small group. Let's get together and we'll gossip about the affairs of the center. What's happening? All kinds of good things are happening. I'm telling you. Never been clearer about this. I have to tell you how much I love to have Martin Kerr come in and be our music. It is so lovely to have such a man of such depth. Of where'd he go? He's in the restroom. It's, it's so lovely to have someone that is so mature, mature in their spirituality and connected. Martin's a Baha'i. He's been a devoted, raised in the Baha'i tradition and devoted to that tradition. And it's a beautiful tradition. One planet, one people. But it's just so lovely to, just to have that energetic. And last week, Charles Holt. Did you see here, Charles, last week? Just he called me during the middle of the week and he said, I had the most amazing time in your community. Like, well, we had an amazing time with you too, Charles. Thank you so much. And I love that. And the other thing is it's not to discount what went before because that was right and perfect at the time as well. But as we continue to do this work to the greater yet to be, things change. And what was alive for people at times, it shifts and changes. And they either, go, they either pull themselves closer 
or they self-select out, or they hang out a second cup and they, they pick a little, talk a little, pick a little, talk a little, whatever it is. And you know what? I love all of it. I love all of it because I just know that's the nature of change. That's the nature of, of being devoted. See, my life, I have to tell you that I'm, I'm so honored to be able to do this work and be part of this community. I came here 13 years ago. I've been doing it, I think, 18 years now. I'm not the same guy I was when I first came in 18 years ago. Thank God. But we grow and change. And then we get it. You know what? I can't please everybody. But I can answer the call, and I, I know what I'm inspired to be in service to. And that's, that's a lovely thing, because I can always pull myself back to that and ground myself in it and not give the other stuff energy. Trying to, you know, you can drive yourself crazy trying to make everybody happy. At least I can. Maybe you guys are well beyond that, but I'm still working on that one. But isn't it, isn't it wonderful to know that feeling is the prayer? Feeling is the prayer. We'll do a little, little meditation before, not a little meditation, a huge, dynamic, short little meditation before we leave here today. Someone said to me the other day, we were in class, somebody said, I'm going to do a little invocation. I said, there's no little invocation. Stop that. This is a huge invocation. This is a, this is a wonderful honor to create the sacred space. It's sacred because we decide it is. Beautiful, beautiful. And so key number nine, feeling is the language that speaks to the divine matrix. Feel as though your good is accomplished and your prayer is finally answered. What does that feel like? Do you get up every day and think about that? That seems like the impossible thing for you to realize and have in your life. And celebrate it and build that feeling tone, creating a landing strip where it can, it can be. So they went back later. Greg, uh, Greg Braden went back with a group in 2005. In 1998, they had the first encounter with the monk, and then they went back in 2005. We had a chance to revisit the monastery in Tibet. I'll show you the younger monk. So there was a younger monk there. I pulled this one off of Google as well. But they revisited it for 37 days. And during the journey, our group learned that the abbot who had shared this secret of feeling in 1998 had died. And although the circumstances were never made quite clear, we simply knew that he was no longer in this world, even though we'd never met the man who took his place. When, we heard of, when he heard of our return, he welcomed us back and allowed us to continue the conversation that began in 1998. On another frosty Tibetan morning in a different chapel, we found ourselves face-to-face -face with the new abbot of the monastery. Only minutes before, we'd been led through the meandering stone-lined passageway that brought us to this tiny, cold, and dimly lit room in absolute darkness. And we'd carefully felt our way up one step at a time along the slippery floor, which was dangerously smooth from centuries of spilled yak butter packed on the surface. It was in the cool, thin air of the ancient room nestled in the heart of this monastery that I asked the new abbot my following question. What connects us with one another, our world and the universe? What's the stuff that carries our prayers beyond our bodies and holds the world together? What is it? And the abbot looked directly at me as our translator echoed my question in Tibetan. Instinctively, I glanced to the guide who was our go-between for the entire conversation. I wasn't prepared for the translation that I heard coming back to me. Compassion, he said. The Gishi, great teachers, say that compassion is what connects us. Compassion is, and so he asked, is that a force or an experience? And once again, the young monk paused and he said, it's both. It's both an experience and a force. Compassion. But that takes serious practice, that feeling tone of compassion, doesn't it? Because people do stuff to us. <clears throat> but as long as we feel like we have to punish them, 
or we're being punished. It just puts us energetically in a whole spot. It's not to be naive. It's not to be Pollyannish, but it's having enough awareness and sense of being so that we're not pulled off the rails of our, our spiritual integrity by what's being said or what we're surrounded by, or the spin of things. The spin of things. Because people, I mean, and, and you know, when Reverend Catherine Yates said, you guys got to stop gossiping. And I remember forgetting my, one of my fellow students looked at me on the way home and said, well, well now what am I going to talk about? I said, I don't know, just shut up for a while and something, else will, something more interesting will show up. You know, it might be okay if you don't say anything for a couple of months. Oh, whatever. I mean, but look at where we put our energy. Do you want to participate in that energy? It's your loss, not mine. I watch it all the time. And, it's, it, and I've gotten much better at it. God bless you guys for get, helping me get through some of this stuff. Because it's been a challenge at times. Thinking that I can please everybody. In the King James Bible, Greg Braden writes this in this book. King James Bible, whatsoever ye ask the Father in my name, he will give it to you. Here, hitherto have ye asked nothing in my name. So up till now you haven't asked anything in my name. Ask and ye shall receive that your joy may be full. So that was the King James Version. Remember somebody went up to, well, a fundamental Christian went up to Deepak Chopra one day and, and, he, and Deepak was talking about the Hindu tradition, the Vedic tradition that goes back, you know, well beyond, I mean, to antiquity. And uh, the man said, well, you know, in the King James Bible, and, and Deepak said, well, you know, there are many sacred books. The King James Bible is just one of them. And the man replied, well, if the King James Bible was good enough for Jesus, it's good enough for me. So in the fourth century, they took the king, they took the, the scriptures that they had and they decided, these guys decided that they, what they was going to go into the Bibles. But this is the Aramaic translation of what I just read to you. This comes from Aramaic, which is the language that Jesus spoke. It says, all things that you have asked straightly and directly from inside my name, from inside my name, from name is nature. So once again, he's talking about the feeling tone of oneness, the connection, you will be given. So far you haven't done this, so ask without hidden motive and be surrounded by your answer. Be surrounded by your answer. Be enveloped by what you desire, that your gladness be full. Does that sound any different than what they put together in the fourth century? To me it does. It's all about the feeling tone. And see, that's why when we, we invite you to, to partner in prayer, we, it's one of the most beautiful gifts we have. We partner in prayer. So we go up to a practitioner because many times we're in, and, and this is one of the things that I think is very interesting. If you're in crisis, that's not the time to be praying. You know, I only go, oh God, I gotta get with a practitioner. Whew, my life is horrible. It's too late. I tell people all the time when they come to me for marriage counseling, I said, it's over. How do you know? Because whenever people get to me, it's too late. If you're not prayed up, if you don't have a rich and wonderful prayer life, you, it's not, there's no rules. There's no, not, you're not going to break any of the rules if you sit in your prayer chair and connect with this divine presence. There's one life. That life is God's life. That life is moving in and through and as me right now like never before. My life works at every level. I am so eager and, and, and excited about my day and the possibilities and the new creativity and the new ideas that are showing up in my life. See, that's a prayer. But it's not a prayer out of desperation or, des or, or, or a depression or any of those 
spins that we think. You know, it's, life's got to get miserable before we pray. Why not have a rich, wonderful prayer life? So that when, when life does go off the rails, all of a sudden you go, wow, look at this. Hmm, now I have something more interesting to pray about. This is fantastic. Bring it on. I got everything I need right here and right now to stand in that groundedness. See, our spirituality did drive it somewhere to be grounded. So it's a practice because then our way of being shifts and changes. And then all of a sudden, who we are is totally different. But we build it. We grow it over time. And it's a beautiful thing. And the only reason that I've been consistently growing it over time is every time I step off the rails, it gets so, it gets so uncomfortable, I have to go back. And so when I know that I'm off the rails, it's like, ah. You know, as soon as I start to, as soon as someone goes across the field, my field of awareness and I need to, you know, choke them in my, my head, I know, I got work to do. I, this is my work to do. They're just being who they are. If they knew better, they'd do better. I bless them and release them. I pray for their highest and their furthest. Okay? That was a joke, you guys. The highest and their furthest. Doesn't mean we have to hang out with them. It doesn't. You know, but say, geez, if I forgive them, then I've got to start having dinner with them again. No, you don't. You can have dinner if you want, but just forgive them. Put them down. I mean, life's too short to have dinner with people you don't enjoy. Isn't it? Both science and mystery, mysticism describe a force that connects everything together and gives us the power to influence how matter behaves. It is our ability to purposefully create the conditions of consciousness through thoughts, through feelings, through emotions and beliefs. It is all about our power to focus consciousness, which is the secret of some of our most ancient and cherished traditions. It's awareness, it's clarity, not being so distracted. You know, the Dalai Lama, when he says, you know, I'm gonna, I, I meditate two hours every day and I have a really busy day, I, I meditate three hours. He understands to dip into that deep well. And they do it daily. Wouldn't it be great if we could do one meditation and just, we got it. I think that's lovely. It just hasn't been my experience. Key number 10, not just any feeling will do. The ones that create must be without ego and judgment. Isn't that interesting? You typically what brings us to, to prayer is a longing or a desire or an unfulfilled experience in our lives. And so the very thing, the very nature of that keeps us from it. I mean, that's why we have to build a, a rich, wonderful spiritual life. You don't have to be here to do that. You never have to enter into a community. Or, but, but we've got to find somewhere, we've got to find someone that's gone before us that helps us access our own connection with the divine. And believe me, if I could find an easier and faster way to do it, I'd be on it. But what I know is that it, every day is my, my opportunity to recommit to that practice. The next slide, it seems the stronger our desire to change the world, the more elusive our power to do so becomes. Isn't that amazing? We used to have, when, when I used to do the teen group here when I first came, when we had these young, beautiful young teens, and they were really into recycling. This is years ago. This is 13, 14 years ago. And they were really into recycling. And they were militant about it to the point where, like, it was scary to put something down and not get it into the right container. It was like... And, and I just thought, isn't it interesting? Because I totally support this, but the energetic of it was just becoming punitive for me. It was like, oh, I think I'll make sure my pockets are empty before I go in the room because I don't want to be putting anything in the wrong container. But I, I thought, and it's always been such a clear example of how you get a hold of an idea 
it's the right thing to do, and it was a really worthy thing to do, but it became so, so intense. Eileen Flanagan said when she was here a couple weeks ago with us, intention trumps intensity every time. And to get clearer and clearer about what we stand for in our intention of how we show up in the world. Because when you're in the presence of someone that's grounded and knows is connected, you feel it. You feel it. You experience it. They become a portal for you to step through and go, wow, it's beautiful. And it can be right now. We don't have to go anywhere to do it. It's right now. He continues in this slide. This is because what we want is often ego-based. That's why service is so important. This is a month of volunteering and service. Service pulls us out of that ego. Service is such a powerful spiritual practice because all of a sudden we show up and we say, you know, for this period of time, I'm going to be in service to, to whatever. Is your life of service or are you doing things to get things? It's totally different, totally different energy. It's this freedom of possessing power without attaching so much importance to it that allows us to be even more effective in our prayers. So to be, have a rich prayer life, to understand God's life is my life, and to relax in that, to bask in that. I'm gonna invite you to close your eyes for a second, and then we're gonna get Martin back up to do a beautiful song for us. But just close your eyes, and allow my words to be your words. Allow me to guide you. Allow the energetic of this to guide you. But there is a power and a presence here, always here. And when we invite it into our experience, so I invite you to open your heart, and just invite it in. And it's there anyway. It's without, it's within, but that presence. And now imagine the feeling tone of the, the joy and celebration of something that would be so spectacular and wonderful in your life. Perhaps it's around finances. Perhaps it's around friendship or love, work, career, creative expression that book that only you can write, the song that only you can author and sing, whatever it may be. But capture the feeling tone of that. Breathe it in and breathe it out. What does it look like? Who are you with? Who is that person of authority in your life that looks at you and goes, this is amazing. This is a miracle. We are so blessed by your creation. The diagnosis that we gave you is no longer alive. The restrictions around finances. You're with your banker, your financial advisor, you're with a close friend and go, look at this, what, what, what will I do with all this excess resource? Look at the healing in relationships. This holiday season as we, we move in, see in your mind's eye the perfect experience of spending time with your family and friends. Whatever it may be with, but the feeling tone, capture that. And so I just know that this experience that you're having right here and right now is available in the twinkling of an eye. That as you experience more and more of it and build that feeling tone, that way of being and being from it, and in that experience it becomes richer and richer and richer until it simply becomes your reality. And so I just give thanks to share this together, the energetics of this today. I know it blesses our community, it blesses all of our members, it blesses all of our friends and families and anyone that comes within the sphere of the energetic of what we've created here today in moments. It's a beautiful thing. There's enough room, there's enough love, there's enough joy and beauty in this 
building this day for the entire world. And for this I give thanks. I invite you to say with me, and so it is.